Welcome to episode six of Babe and Brilliant. I'm Cintilla Chingaipe. Piera Galati is a creative powerhouse and she's just getting warmed up. She's the executive creative director and co-founder of Refinery29, a digital media brand for young women that's grown significantly over the last decade. There, she oversees all things that make the site come to life visually, from branding and design to art direction, photography, video and casting. An entrepreneur from birth, Piera's always had new business ideas up her sleeve, from a zine called Team Rad, Let's Get Awesome, to a candy catering business, to a card game called Hair She Blows. Her passion for her work, life and adventure is truly infectious, as you'll soon find out. She's based in New York, and I caught up with her over the phone when she'd just come back from a string of shows right in the middle of New York Fashion Week. Take a listen. So Piera is me. I'm... Um an entrepreneur at heart, a creative spirit, a silly billy, a lover of travel and sending snail mail and dancing. Yeah, that's me. You mentioned a lot of creative things in, in that description of, of yourself. You know, is that something you've, you've always, that's always been a part of you? Have you always been creative? Yeah, I think I've always been creative. I, I think everyone is creative, honestly. It's just about nurturing that side of themselves. Unfortunately for me, I grew up in a really creative family that, you know, I grew up with my dad, you know, my dad and I making miniature furniture for our dollhouse and turning, you know, Tide bottles into ray guns and learning to cook with my mom and, and, and getting creative in that way. So my family is kind of a mix of entrepreneurs and, and artists. And so I just grew up always learning how to express myself creatively and being encouraged to express myself creatively. So that's the side of me that has always been present and been nourished and been celebrated. What inspires your creativity? So many things inspire my creativity. I, I, one of the biggest ones now in the position that I'm in in my, um, in my career where I have this big creative team that I work with is seeing them and seeing you know, the work that they bring to the table and the ideas that they bring to the table and just being surrounded by that creative um, energy is incredibly inspiring to me. And also seeing how different people in the company bring creativity into into their work, whether it's in technology or in events or in editorial, just these in, incredible different outputs of of creative and, and different ways of thinking, seeing the world and problem solving are, are really inspiring to me. And then I also feed my creativity in a lot of more traditional ways, like going to galleries. I, um, you know, I love looking at Instagram. I find some, I, I find so many new talented creative people on there and also see a lot of things that spark different ideas through that. And I, I get a lot of like inspiration from living in New York too. And just it's seeing the successes of different businesses and, and friends that are working in different ways and even just walking down the street, I'll see things that inspire me. I mean, I take probably like a hundred photos on my phone a day, just walking around and seeing things. So it's kind of like, kind of a lot of things inspire mm -hmm. me. Those are the ones that come to mind. How were you able to turn that into career? Like how did you end up being in the career that you're in now? I got into the career that I'm in now kind of accidentally, you know. Some it's 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 interesting to me. I met this guy the other night, um, Mark Bustos, who's a a hairstylist who um, also 
every Sunday he goes out and he cuts the hair. He like meets homeless people and cuts, you know, cut volunteers to cut their hair. And it's like this incredible story. Anyway, I was talking to him and I, he, I was asking him how he got into what he does. And he was telling me that he's known he wanted to be a hairstylist since he was a child. And he would go to the, he would go to the barber shop and he knew who the best stylist was. And that was his first job in his dad's garage. So I, I always think it's interesting people that just like knew from the very beginning. I came about what I do in a more roundabout kind of way. I, I've always, I've, like I said, I've always been creative and I've always been interested in um, both digital arts, but also in storytelling and writing. Um, when I was younger, I was really into talking to my family and hearing the, the family stories and then writing short stories um, based on them. And so, but, but, so when I when I went to school, I went to school for uh, studio art, and I really learned about um, in my program. I learned about critical thinking. I learned about analyzing analyzing art and art theory, and also the you know technical skills of being an artist across different mediums. And in that process, I got really into photography and video, and started interning at a magazine when I was a, a junior in school and at that at that magazine it was a, it was a small magazine and I had a lot of um, a lot of really direct mentorship from multiple people from both the editor of the magazine the creative director and then also the fashion editor so I I learned a lot there and I was able to um, grow my career there and become photo director. Um, relatively quickly and there I learned uh, I learned so much about the editorial process about writing um, packaging editorial ideas art directing photo shoots styling really the whole process of putting you know creating content and while I was there I met my now husband and he and his friend from high school had the idea for a finery and we were living together at the time, and I just started helping out and giving them ideas and brainstorming and just going out on the weekend and photographing stores and people for them. And then they were looking for an editor, and I suggested that they talk to my friend Christine, who had been my editor at City. And she called me up, and she said, you know, I think that this is an amazing idea. I think it's an amazing opportunity what they're, you know, what they're creating, and I want to, I want to join, you know, but I only want to do it if I can be, you know, in partnership with you again, because we had such a great creative connection and working relationship. And I said, well, honestly, I'm spending all of my weekends and my lunch breaks working on this thing and I'm pretty invested in it. So let's do it. So we started working on our finery 10 years ago now and, you know, at the time, it was really focused on fashion and really on the independent voices in fashion and and on having a more conversational tone with the content and being focusing on the personal aspect of personal style versus on do this, don't do that, kind of this more prescriptive tone of voice. And it's grown from there. So, so much of my career, I've really learned from doing. And I constantly feel like I'm I'm learning from doing now. So many of our new challenges are things I've never done before, and I'm I'm learning about both the creative aspect of my job, but also the part of my job that is being an executive at you know at this growing company. I would assume also that one of the one of the things that would be new 
you know, because you guys are sort of venturing into this uh, digital space that hasn't been utilized before in the way that you're sort of doing it and you're sort of paving that way for everyone else to follow through. Is that one of the challenges of, of having this, this, this wonderful platform? Yeah, I think there was not very little out there. So it was kind of the wild, wild west and we had to figure out how to do it as we went along, which was freeing but also challenging because having a blueprint is really helpful. And one of the exciting pieces of our, our business, you know, is this constant pace, kind of relentless pace of creating content online and the the way that the way people consume content is constantly changing. Like, for example, I don't think websites are going to be relevant in three years because people are, the, the way that people consume content is changing and people are consuming more and more content through social and mobile. So we are always looking up, looking forward and seeing those trends and making sure that we're able to reach our audience where they are, which is why we got excited about doing online content in the first place, because we saw that shift from magazines to online, and now we're seeing the shift from, you know, content online and websites onto content on social and on mobile. So it's a, it's a challenge, but it's also like an exhilarating and constantly exciting part of what we do is that we always have to be nimble and changing and learning. So were there any other challenges that you you know you guys sort of faced in the initial stages of setting up Refinery29? There's so many <laughs> challenges when we were setting up Refinery29. This one is that we were all doing this for the first time, and again, we're learning, learning on the job, learning as we went. Um, a, a challenge was that there wasn't uh, really a precedent for what we were doing, so it was hard at first to get advertisers interested and get brands and people to really understand what we were doing. We call that the carpet salesman stage of our business because we felt like we were going door to door and trying to like sell what we were doing and explain it to people and people were like a little bit dubious and like confused about about what we were doing. But it also placed us like once people started to see the opportunity of online, it placed us in a really great position where we were thought leaders in that way. It took us a long time to be successful. It didn't, I think sometimes people see Refinery and they see the success and there certainly has been a lot of accelerated growth in the last few years, but it took us a, you know, it took us a really long time and I think that's important for people to realize and we we grew very organically and we tried, you know, we, we tried a lot of things. I think it was really important for us to to experiment, to allow ourselves to, you know, fail on, you know, on a certain level with with some of our experiments and to just continue to evolve and and grow. But it took a great deal of persistence. And did you at any any point during that time feel like throwing in the towel? At the beginning, it was really challenging. It took a long time for us, you know, to make money, and that was tough. Personally, I remember this one Christmas walking on the beach with my mom and she was asking me how it was going and I said, you know, I'm really enjoying it. I think we're making great content. We're hearing great feedback from people in the industry and, you know, my friends really like what we're doing, but we're not really making very much money. I'm still, you know, and I remember her asking me like, well, at what point are you going to call it? Like, when are you going to, you know, at what point are you going to say, okay, like, this isn't working out. And it was like this really tough moment. I thought like, oh crap, do I need to 
do I need to like, is this a reality check? But I, I, we all felt so committed to what we were doing. We knew that there was, we knew that what we were, we were on the right track. And so there were definitely moments of doubt, but I also felt really compelled to keep going. I knew that we were going to break through. I mean, hearing everything that you're talking about and from the initial stages of the Final 29 to pursuing your creative pursuits, you sort of strike me as someone who seems to be comfortable in in your own skin. Would that be correct? Yeah, I think I'm comfortable in my own skin. I mean, we all have our insecurities and our moments of self-doubt. I certainly have mine. I've had several today. But I'm comfortable in my own skin. Yeah. So where does that confidence come from? Because, you know, not, not everyone seems to have that, that ability to be able to feel like they can express themselves however they want to. Again, I think I was fortunate, like, fortunate growing up. My my family always encouraged me to be myself, and they helped me to find who I was. They were, like, I remember this one this one time my dad, like, when, when he noticed that I was first starting to listen to my own music, I remember he went out and he got me three tapes. One was Melissa, one was Color Me Bad, and one was, like, En Vogue. And he gave them to me, and, like, it was kind of like, you're going to like one of these, and that will set me in the right direction to help, like, get you, you know, find more music that you like and, like, help you to develop that, like, your music taste. And I think that, yeah, just growing up, my my parents believed that it was really about helping me to find my way and find myself. So I think that's, that's one part of it. Um, but I, I also, I think I've kind of always been who I am. I always think, like, when I was 12, I think I became who I am. And when I was 12, I remember I went to see this movie, and after I saw the movie, I decided I was going to be vegetarian. And I decided that year that I was going to move to New York, and I also started dressing myself that year and wearing really crazy stuff. My favorite outfit was, like, this Spanish dancing skirt with a, a, my dad's, like, Timbon back. I did my I did my hair red with gold and I don't know I I think like for me I just found this moment and it was just like that's that's who I am. In terms of being comfortable in my own skin, one thing that I've really learned is that when I haven't been true to myself, when I haven't expressed myself, or I've changed for someone else, it's actually been the most like soul crushing and horrible thing for me. When I was a teenager, I dated this girl and she really you know we were in love we were had this great relationship except that she didn't like the way that I dressed and she was embarrassed for her friends to see me dress the way that I dressed and so she and I remember going out once dressed in her clothes because that's what she wanted me to do and I ran into someone I knew and I just felt so embarrassed I felt so stupid because I wasn't being myself I was you know basically and I love costumes but it wasn't a costume it was like I was covering myself and it was horrible. It was really like, Mm. I realized like, I can't, I can't, I can't do that. I just need to be who I am. And, you know, even though like everyone, I have my moments of self-doubt and insecurity. The best path for me is just true self-expression. Anything else is just too damaging. So what would you say to someone that's listening to this now and going, wow, Pierre, you sound amazing. And, you know, you're doing wonderful things, but I don't know how I can 
do that for myself. Like maybe they didn't grow up in an environment that was as supportive or didn't have friends around that were as supportive that allowed them to be who they were. You know, what would you what would you sort of say to them? Like what sort of advice would you would you have for those sorts of people? Well, first of all, I think it's really important to surround yourself with people that accept you for who you are and who bring out the best in you and that make you feel like the best version of yourself. And honestly, to, you know, do, we all have our relationships and the the people that come with us in life, but I think it's important to minimize the relationships that you get that make you not feel good about yourself. And then I think it's about finding, I think we all have a tendency I know I do sometimes to focus on things that we can improve upon or don't love about ourselves, but it's really important to focus on those moments when you do feel good, when you do feel like your best self, and to harness those and, and continue in that direction. Um, I, I think it's often you don't celebrate, but truly the, the good moments are analyzed like the same way that you would analyze, like, oh, why did I do that wrong? Like, I should have done it like this. Like, really, we should be analyzing, like, oh, I, I, I had the best day and I felt amazing. And then thinking about, like, how did I do that? What was the, what did I have for breakfast? What music was I listening to? Who did I have that conversation with that gave me, you know, that made me feel like I could do those things? So I think it's really about focusing on the positive, about having positive people in your life that make you feel good and about finding Finding what it is about yourself that you love and nurturing that. You briefly touched on Instagram and the inspiration that you get from Instagram. Um, what sort of role do you think it plays in, you know, in expressing, allowing you to express your creativity? I love Instagram. I use it for a lot of different things. I use it for finding inspiration. But I also like it kind of a sketch pad for for ideas, um, you know, one time I, we, someone was doing um, a jewelry shoot and the jewelry was like laying around, but then it was, um, one of the necklaces had gone over this magazine pair of a cat and it looked like the cat was wearing the necklace. I took a picture of it and we were laughing about it and then we were like, that's actually kind of amazing. And then we did a whole like actual photo shoot based on that picture. So it's, I think it's a fun way to kind of workshop ideas. I see a lot of people using it um, as a, as a sketchpad and to develop their point of view. So I think it's like a nice way for people. Also, like I always, it's funny because like sometimes, you know, people that are more starting out in their career, often having photographers or designers come in and they want advice. And I always say like find find an outlet for your work your workshop that, that kind of forces you to get into a routine of creation using Instagram or Tumblr or whatever your platform is is a great way to, to do that to get a little bit disciplined about putting something out not being too precious about it and it also obviously puts it out in the world for other people to see and you can start to get feedback and kind of gauge what your point of view is and what people are responding to. Speaking of routine, do you, do you have one? My mornings are really like an important time for me. I always listen to music. I listen to the news and I make coffee and eggs for myself at my house. And that's just um, a centering 
moment. And my subway ride, too, is, like, either music or podcast. Like, just a time for me to, you know, get my head my head in a good place and just make sure that I'm entering my day, like, really happy and positive and feeling good. And do you have, like, a life philosophy? I think if I had a tattoo, it would say onwards and upwards. That's, like, my... That's kind of my mantra. I feel like it's just so important to, you know, constantly be moving forward, not dwelling on the past, not dwelling on mistakes, and just taking taking what you learn and moving forward with it. I really believe in forgiveness and forgiving yourself and just, like, constantly pushing forward. To find out more about Piera and other episodes in the Babe and Brilliant series, simply visit weareglio.com. That's www.weareglio.com.